We might be too young to have a spotted cow, but we are both diehard Packers fans. I could talk about this for hours. He was my legend. He was my quarterback one. Taysom Hill, forever in my heart. We have a kind of a reputation of being the young, the young diehard fans. How was that, Dr. Pepper Taysom? Amazing. Hey, good. Let's keep it under 25 minutes, all right? Welcome in, everybody, to this episode of the Underage Packers Podcast. This is Joey, and here today joining me is my friend Big B, who is sticking it out on uh, the inside of this post-Packers uh, trip sickness. Uh, so how you doing, Big B? I'm feeling a lot better than last week. Um, doesn't look like I got hit by a bus anymore, so that's good. So a lot of progress has been made. Good to hear. Good to hear. Um so he has been elevated from the injury list, and um, today we have a treat for you all as we have Nicole Minner, who covers the Packers for Fox 11. Um, I have, both of, both of us have loved following her on Twitter the past two, I think she's been here for three years now covering the team. Um, just great coverage, great person. I've loved talking to her about Packers, Taylor Swift, you name it, over these past three years. And we finally got the chance to have her on the show today. So let's head right into that conversation. We now welcome to the show Nicole Minner. And Nicole, I want to ask you this firsthand because I don't pay attention to this because I don't watch Wisconsin Channel. So uh, where do you work for? I am at Fox 11. That's right. Okay. Nicole Minner of Fox 11. Nicole, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Of course. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We have just a stacked script here today. So obviously Green Bay, as will be for all the remaining games, the most important game of the season thus far going up against Minnesota at Lambeau Field. Um, There's a lot to injuries to talk about. So we'll be talking about that first. We'll be talking about the Bo Melton signing. Uh, then we'll obviously be previewing this matchup between the Packers and the Vikings. And then at the end, by high demand, our Taylor Swift slash Packers segment that we did with Rachel Hotmeyer will be making a grand return. So uh, we, we just got a lot to talk about today, starting with these three main injuries. Now, we did find out today that Aaron Rodgers is dealing with a knee injury, um, but it looks like he'll be all right. Something minor that they just wanted to address on the injury report. The big three that were suffered though in uh, Miami were Keyshawn Nixon, uh, Christian Watson, and then Yash Nyman, all three big starters for this team. Um, and really more importantly, I think about all those three, it's not that, you know, all three of those are great contributors, but mostly those are three positions where the depth is kind of questioned. Mm-hmm. With Nixon, it's like, all right, we know we can get competence out of Romeo Dobbs. Um, with Watson, you know, we have Romeo Dobbs again. We have Alan Lazard. We have a solid receiving core, but their losses would be felt. And then for Yash Nyman, the tackle depth is questionable. You know, you could move Elton over, but that's another guy you have to shift over and a lot of movement that, you know, playing musical chairs on the offensive line really was a struggle for this team early on in the season. And do we really want to throw Royce Newman out there? Although he did play pretty good when he had to fill in in Miami. So, Nicole, what have you heard from Matt Fleur throughout this week 
on those three main injuries right there. Yeah, well, starting with the O-line, Yash Nyman was limited in practice today, but I would call that probably an encouraging sign that he actually did participate somewhat today because like we saw Keyshawn Nixon, Christian Watson did not participate at all. So O-line wise, I feel like that's an encouraging sign. It's just speculation if I were to say if Nyman would be good to go, but seems encouraging that he was limited. Um, and of course, we have to talk about David Bakhtiari yes. returning to practice today. Also limited. He's a guy that doesn't need a ton of practice reps to be able to go on Sunday. It's more about whatever, you know, Rogers called it the belly button injury today. Yeah. More about, I guess, how long it takes to heal that. And who knows? And a lot of us, I don't think, have too much experience with knowing what happens after an appendectomy. Yeah. Um, but trending optimistic there that you have Nyman and Bakhtiari. Obviously, that's huge for them against this Vikings defense. Um Christian Watson did not practice today. Obviously, we know how much he means to the offense. I would call that a big loss if he cannot go mm -hmm. on Sunday. But right now, it seems like no one knows. So I really don't have much to add to that. Um, you know, we'll see if tomorrow, if he can go, or even Friday in limited fashion, hopefully. He's a big question mark. And then, like you said, with Keyshawn Nixon, you want him out there because he can provide such a spark. Is it, like, absolutely detrimental if he can't play? We'll see. Yeah. You want him out there, especially with his returning abilities and the way he's filled in on defense. Um, Definitely. But both of those two did not participate today. So we'll be keeping a close eye on them and see if they can go at any point this week. Yeah. Like you mentioned, Nicole, David Bakhtiari is also a big player to watch with this because a lot of those players on the offensive line are versatile. So we really don't know what offensive tackles specifically would look like. Um, so Bigby, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, there's really three or four different possibilities that could go out there on Sunday for the Packers, that offensive tackle. But uh, what are your thoughts on that situation? Um, well, hopefully Bakhtiari will be out there. So um, hopefully Bakhtiari will be at left tackle. And I'm assuming Yash Nyman will play. Like Nicole said, very encouraging that he did practice in some form today. So both of them at tackle. And then, of course, um, Runyon, Myers, and Jenkins in the inside. That's just one of the best offensive lines in the league, and they have really stepped up at the end of this year. Yeah, once they were able to find their footing, uh, they've been really good. And that right tackle, too, I do wonder if Nyman doesn't play, if they take a look at Zach Tom, who got his name at uh, Wake Forest for being so versatile. So, Maybe they don't feel too confident about him there, but I, I do think they would definitely consider that option. I would think that too, especially with the way Jenkins has found his groove back in the guard position. Yeah. I, I think putting Zach Tom at right tackle would probably be your backup option there um, if that's what it comes down to on Sunday. Definitely. Now, uh, one of the moves the Packers made this week that you kind of look at and think, is this a bad sign for one of these players is Bo Melton. Uh, who they signed after he was, or no, he was on the Seahawks practice squad and they signed him just an absolute speedster, 4.38 speed. Um, looks like he has some returnability. You know, this could just be a random signing um, that they liked him in the pre-draft process. He was a seventh round draft pick by Seattle um, in this past year's draft. So maybe they just liked him and saw the opportunity to get him, um, but could be a bad sign for either Nixon uh, and or uh, Christian Watson. So we'll have to see if he 
gets any uh, reps at all during this week. Um, and they were able to sign uh, Mr. Melton because of their move of placing Dean Lowry on injured reserve. Now, obviously, you don't want to lose a starter um, to injury like this. I do think, though, I'm not sure of the exact specifics of Lowry's injury, but the Packers are looking at this like, all right, we could either keep Dean on here for him to return two or three weeks from now, or we could place him on IR and heck, we could have him back by the conference championship game if you want to take the optimistic viewpoint. Of oh, this. conference championship. <laughs> yes, we are looking ahead. Um, but the one, the one bright spot you can find in this, and I will reference this later in our Taylor Swift segment, is this door that now opens for first-round draft pick Devontae Wyatt, who finally got his chance to shine um, against Miami this past week. And he showed that pretty much we were right. We were right in suspecting why he wasn't getting playing time, which has been a really big mystery of the season. So, Nicole, what were your thoughts on Wyatt's performance uh, in Miami and also what your suspicion is on why he was not getting a lot of playing time? Yeah, he's been fun to watch over the last few weeks as he's kind of gotten increased snap counts. Um, We've talked so much about the rookies that have come in and made an impact and how impressive this draft class has been. He hasn't really been in that conversation as much because we haven't seen him as much. But I think LaFleur and Joe Barry have always said too, like at that position, it's just a harder jump to take from college to the NFL. So it takes more time to get acclimated. Um, And now that he has his opportunity, it's been great to see him shine. And I think you know, like you said, you never want to lose a starter, but he's definitely shown promise. And I think it makes you feel confident with what you have there over the net for the next few games, knowing that he uh, is definitely capable of stepping into those shoes and, and making it an impact, especially in that Dolphins game. Like you said, he, he looked yes. pretty good. So. Yeah. And another reason to have confidence in that defensive line without Lowry now is that Jaron Reed had his best performance of the year so far against Miami. Um and against Minnesota, Packers are definitely going to have to pressure Kirk Cousins, and it's going to be a struggle without Rashawn Gary, as it has been ever since they lost him in Week 9. But if Reed uh, can have a performance like he did against Miami, if Kenny Clark looks like he's starting to get out of this dry spell that he had in the middle of the season, and then now also Devontae Wyatt, all three of those guys have the ability to rush past her, and They'll, they'll need that uh, this weekend against Kirk. Um, and now let's transition over to this Vikings game here. For both sides, uh, for, or bo- for both teams here, the weakness is clearly, for both teams, their defenses. The Packers have really struggled on their run defense. The Vikings, like what's their problem last year, their pass defense is not great, although they do have Sedarius Smith and Daniel Hunter, who can definitely change a game. Uh, their defense is not great. On the offense, offensive side of the ball for both teams, you have playmakers. Um, the Vikings' offense is much stronger than the Packers' offense this year, at least. But that's where the strengths for these two teams lie. So, you know, one of the big problems for the Packers in week one was limiting Justin Jefferson, as it is for every team that goes out on the field against Minnesota every week. So, Big B, you're up there in the defensive game planning room. What are you drawing on that whiteboard to help this Packers defense stop Justin Jefferson? 
Yeah, yeah. The prey, prey is a lot, most, maybe. Yeah, I think that's the most important part there. Um, but yeah, Jair Alexander being on him is going to be a big thing. We saw, you know, a lot of Packers fans' complaints were after that Vikings game was why is Justin or why is Jair Alexander not being matched up with Justin Jefferson every single play? Um, and it's no disrespect to Rasul or Rasul Douglas or uh, Eric Stokes, who was their starting corner in week one, but he's one of the best wide receivers in the league. You want to have your best corner on him and just hope for the best. And, you know, it's been really frustrating to watch the Packers this season and Joe Barry call this very conservative, you know, we're not going to let you get 80 yards, but we'd rather have you try to have eight 10 yard plays um, when that's not working. Like I, I understand the philosophy behind that, but when it's not working, play aggressive, you have the players to do that. You have Quay Walker who, after he has gotten his footing in the NFL has shown that he can be a really aggressive in your face player. You have Jair Alexander, you have Rasul Douglas who thrived on being an aggressive corner last year. So it's just been very frustrating to watch the Packers defense continue um, this way of this way of life uh, this season. Um, Nicole, going back to this week one game, what do you what are some other things that you think you went wrong for the Packers that week? Well, their offense definitely was lost in the sauce that game, I think, trying to figure out who they were, what they were going to be. Obviously, it's a much different story now. The rookies, um, have shown promise. Christian Watson is the story, you know, had he caught that first deep ball from Rogers, would he yep. see something different, all that talk, but no, I mean, they're in a much different place now, um, than they were then. So it's hard to even compare and watch, you know, they've been asked this week, if you can even really watch the tape from week one, because it's yeah. just, they're, they're different teams right now. Um, and the Packers didn't have Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins. I don't think they had Alan Lazard that game either. Mm. Uh, yeah, I'm I think correct. you're right. So it, it's just different. Um, defensive, I want to say I'm like encouraged by the Packers defense lately. Definitely more encouraged than we have been. Yeah. Um, they've been getting the takeaways, which is huge. I know it's cliche, but they really do come in bunches. They have been coming in bunches for the Packers. So that's very encouraging. I think they can capitalize on that for the Vikings. The thing they have to be careful with is. I mean, you have to find a way to stop Jefferson. He racked up like, was it 158 first half yards, I think? Yeah. In the think game. So. so, and that's been their issue this season. We even saw it in the Dolphins game. In the first half, they're letting up these explosive plays. And then, second half, they make the adjustments and they find a way to lock it down. Um, I think in their past three games, they've only allowed like nine total second half points. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so that's an encouraging sign but you also don't want to have to wait for those second half adjustments. You want to see yeah. them in the beginning and have a good plan. So I'm very curious to see what the plan is for Justin Jefferson. Um, I was watching highlights from week one and I forgot how many times he was just kind of left. Uh, wide yeah. yeah. Very frustrating. And I'm sure they're not going to want, you know, they're not going to let that happen again. They're going to do their best to, to limit him. We'll see if they put jaw on him. We'll hear from Jair on Friday, and I'm sure he'll be vocal about that, as he always is. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, two very, very different teams than we saw week one. So I'm curious to see how this one goes. Um, I think the Packers, I really do think they're going to win on Sunday. 
Lambeau must win game. Yep. Um, so I think we'll see a different Packers team than we saw week one against the Vikings for sure. Absolutely. You did strike a fear in me though, reminding me of the many plays that Justin Jefferson was just screaming wide open. It was bad. It, it was. And, you know, it made me think about these safeties that the Packers will be rolling out. And, you know, God, you know, Adrian Amos, God bless his heart. Love that man for his three great years of play, but he is a shadow of what he was these past three years. So I'm, I'm a little nervous for that. And we might also be seeing more Darnell Savage if Keyshawn Nixon cannot go. So, you know, I, I might not even watch the Vikings offensive drives. That might just be what's best for my mental health. At this Maybe point, you can't put too much focus. This is the thing, too. What we saw was at the Titans game, they talked about how much focus they put on like Derrick Henry, mm-hmm. and then we saw what happened. So, yeah. there has to be a balance of obviously, you know, you have to plan for Jefferson the most because he's the one of the best players in the league, but they also have a lot of other weapons on offense that you have to worry about, too. So, yeah, I mean, you have TJ Hawkinson who was not there for the Vikings in week one, obviously, um, and then Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, just a lot of great players for this Vikings team. Um, so, uh, like you said, Nicole, I do like the Packers' chances. So, um, I like it a lot more if Christian Watson is ready to go. Um, but you also got to feel confident if Matt LaFleur does uh, want to use Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon to be able to control the game a lot more, then I like this team's chances. They do got to make sure um, – to not let their foots off the brake because we have seen with this Vikings team over the past few weeks and all season, really, that they can just explode in the fourth quarter, no matter what they look like in the first three. And I'm I'm trying to find on my Twitter feed because I know I retweeted at some point, but the point differential for the Vikings by quarter is absurd. I mean, they're in the negative like 50s, 60s, and the first three, and then um, in the fourth quarter, it goes to plus 72. So it's pretty absurd what the Vikings uh, games have looked like. Yeah, here we go. Quarter one, negative 12. Quarter two, negative 13. Quarter three, negative 48. And quarter four, plus 72. Just dangerous. Yeah, a crazy, unheard of point differential. So can't let their foots off the brake. Uh, can't let us in heartbreak with the the playoffs on the line. All right. Um, Big B, any other thoughts you want to add in here about this Vikings matchup? Um, a little terrified, but uh, we're winning, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, we cannot be scared. We cannot, you know, I think Kirk Cousins is a big fan of the show. We cannot let him hear the fact that we are a little shaken in our boots that he might go off. All right, we cannot, I will, honestly, I don't know what I will do if we get a video of Kirk Cousins on the plane back to Minnesota, shirtless and chains. All right. Yeah, that's option one. And then what happens after that, I don't know. Now, will Uh, you be watching, do you think the Commanders can beat the Browns or you think the Browns are going to beat the Commanders? Because I'm kind of feeling that the Browns are going to beat the Commanders. Yeah, you know, I honestly don't know how the Commanders have seven wins at this point. Um. But, yeah, I mean, with Carson Wentz in there especially, I I can't – I'm not um, too scared about it. And, you know, I think 
this is a matchup Packers fans have to look at commanders versus Browns opposed to commanders versus Dallas next week. Cause I have my doubts that Philly is going to lose to uh, new Orleans this week. So Dallas will pretty much be playing for nothing next week. So I'm thinking the Packers will be in control of their own destiny. Fingers crossed. We'll see. Fingers crossed. All right. Uh, now it is time as Kevin Green once said, it is time you know uh, let me properly introduce this segment you know there's a lot of times football or sports fans in general will ask you know if there's a big pop culture event they'll ask in the replies of a tweet breaking that news like explain this in nfl terms and you know like so if it's an old man failing they'd be like tom brady loses super bowl so we're going to flip that on its head and we are going to explain the Packers in Taylor Swift terms. Now, Bigby, uh, through my grace, has become a casual Taylor Swift fan, but I don't know if he will be participating much in this segment unless uh, he has anything prepared. Is that the case, Bigby? Uh, I have nothing prepared. I'm just okay. here. All right. Well, along with the us- ride. Yeah, let us know if something comes to your head, okay? All right. All right. So basically just like matching the Taylor Swift songs that me and Nicole are very familiar with to something else that we are very familiar with in the Packers situation. So, Nicole, you showed us pre-show your notes, so I will hand the microphone to you. Okay, well, what do we want first? Do we want the season? Uh, Yeah, let's go with that. Okay, so for earlier in the season when things were looking rough, I'm going to go with Death by a Thousand Cuts. Okay. Because that's an obvious one. Yeah. Now, I have a few other songs that can explain the season depending on how it ends up. Mm, Okay. So we have Exile for the lyrics specifically. I think I've seen this film before. and I Oh, man. Um, Long story short could very well apply. Yeah. Long story short, it was a bad time. Long story short, yes. I survived. Um, and then another one right now, hoax. Are they a hoax? Are they mm. fooling everyone? Is this just a hoax? Everyone's it is the only hoax that I believe in. That's that's for certain. There you go. Um, okay, do you want to go and then I'll come back? Okay. Back so, so yeah, I have um on the season. I think right now they are definitely in the great war mindset. Um, And then one player specific one that I wanted to throw out is a Matt LaFleur note to Aaron Jones, which is unfortunately, I forgot that you existed for this weekend against Miami. So, um, you know, it's been frustrating to watch that. Uh, And then another player specific one, um, is oh shoot i'm blanking what is it um oh okay here it is so it's both aspects of this choice are very random but i'm going with dean lowry to girl at home okay okay because they've got a girl at home in Devontae wyatt that's a good one very relevant to the time we're in right now too yes very niche all right let's hear some more picks you got okay so i actually came up with this started i was trying to think of one for christian watson and i stumbled mm. across one of my favorite albums red taylor's version of course 
and begin again really stuck out to me because it's like, you know, Devontae's gone. What's happening to this offense? Who's the wide receiver of the future? Well, on a Wednesday in a cafe, I watched it begin again. Christian Watson. Yes. Um, okay. <laughs> Let's see. Okay. Joe Barry, I was trying to think of one and, mm-hmm. you know, no offense to Joey B. Um, I knew you were trouble probably. Ooh, okay. A little sitting. That um, is great. Especially when the defense was looking really rough. And then Jordan Love, I was thinking, and I know Rogers so famously was singing the song in Hawaii last summer, but Jordan Love, I think you could put him with the one because it would have been fun if the Packers had been the one, but who knows what his future is with the Packers, especially if Rogers stays a few more years. And then, you know, the first line of that song ends up somewhere else. Can I swear on this podcast? Yes. If he ends up somewhere else, I'm doing good. I'm on some new shit. Oh, yes. That, that's a very good future, futuristic outlook for Jordan. Yeah, so some of these I like looked ahead to scenarios instead of for now. Yes. Oh, and then Keyshawn Nixon, fearless. Oh, okay. I like that one. Yeah. Um, one that I'm very proud of is Aaron Rodgers to Look What You Made Me Do. Love that. Specifically, Love that. just for the lyric, honey, I rose up from the dead. I do it all the time. You like, know why I love this so much? Why? Because earlier I was thinking about this and I was like, Rogers is in his reputation era. People are <laughs> counting him out. They think he's dead. And then all of a sudden he comes up and here they are. They're going to be in the playoffs. So yes, same page with you there. Yes, he is rising out of the Neil Shoreberg rave as we speak. Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of ones from reputation that you can go with too. So many. Um, I mean you know ready for it is kind of just like how I feel before every Packers game um delicate for their playoff hopes love that Uh, great song too the other one oh I was trying really hard to think of one for LaFleur and I'll go with one of my favorite songs from Midnight's Mm -hmm. version is would have could have should have and that's mainly because so many times this season he's brought up a few would have could have should have yeah um and he's you know the whole not taking the bye week after the London game. Mm. He basically said what it could have, should have for that. Um, you know, maybe leaving Amari Rogers out there on returns for so long. Yeah. <laughs> thought. So I think what it could have, should have, could maybe apply to a lot of things this season. Definitely. Um, Rogers and LaFleur, I've been really trying to come up with one for them. Again, this is like down the line story of us could work. Mm. Okay. It's like a tragedy now if they, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Never win a Super Bowl together. Yeah, never winning a Super Bowl together relates to uh, what's the lyric at the start that I used to think one day we'd tell the story of us. Story of us. Like a fairy tale. Sparks flew instantly. Yes. Ooh, okay. But I won't. Yeah, that's that's a secretly good one there. But it all depends how things shake out. Definitely. Yeah, there's a lot of ball game left. And, you know, a lot of paths they could go on. So we'll have to see. I mean, I'm sure, you know, given how things have gone in the past, it is tis the damn season for Rodgers to go out there wondering, you know, what paths could have been taken. But he is ready to hopefully go into his reputation era. No more explanation, just reputation. Reputation. The old Taylor can't come to the phone. Exactly. (laughs) To drive... 
the Packers to a Super Bowl. Um, Big V, any other thoughts you wanted to add? Zero thoughts. <laughs> Not even. You love Bejeweled. You don't want to even throw that one in there for a Oh, to do the shimmer. Come on. <laughs> Big V is a TikTok hater, so I don't even know if he knows the, oh. the shimmer trend, unfortunately. I don't, but I just don't want to do it based on what you just did. <laughs> I didn't know the poor representation of it. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm sure, you know, even if it was just our friend, my friend Nate, Cass, uh, our friend Rachel, who enjoyed this segment, um, I, you know, this is certainly Packers analysts that you won't get from anywhere else. And I can guarantee that for sure. I should have worn um, my Taylor sweatshirt. I'm so mad. Ah, I, you know, I, I had my hoodie on all day, but it, I did not want to get burning hot under these lights I have. Uh, but other than that, Nicole, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, a ball, for sure. Thank you. I had so much fun. And I'm going to be thinking about these Taylor Swift references to Packers every time I'm listening to Taylor now. Yep, <laughs> which is I'm often. Sure. Yeah, I can't wait for this playoff run that will undoubtedly provide us with many more um, crossovers, you could Absolutely. say. Okay, Big B, I'm so thankful that you decided to stick out that, that long Taylor Swift segment. Thank you so much for your dedication. Yeah, no problem. It was actually not that bad. Mm, okay. Now, do you ever think in terms of, you know, like when you're listening to a Queen song, do you think in the same terms of we do like, ooh, this this is a good one to a Packers player? You know, knowing you, you would be like, oh, man, this song from Elton John really reminds me of Johnny Jolly. <laughs> yeah, do you think in those terms? I do not think in those terms. I think, honestly, that is just a Taylor Swift fan thing. And that makes me think that you guys are absolutely ridiculous. Well, we are. So Exactly. Yeah. Just proves my point. Yeah. So, good chat with Nicole. Cannot wait for this Vikings game on Sunday. You know, one thing that I didn't mention in our chat with her is just how great it is to be playing meaningful football again. I mean, like, after the Eagles game, I thought it was done. And that's for me, who is... You know, like I've mentioned many times, I do not give up, do not give lose faith in the team until the final whistle blows. But I, I was done after that Eagles game. Right? I was like, this team is not going to improve. There's no way they're going to be able to make it into playoffs. But by the grace of the Washington Commanders and also the New York Giants, they have been pretty pitiful seasons. Packers are still in the running. So the fact that we are here in week 17 – and this game is going to be meaningful to us. Thank God, man. Look, I don't, and, and this is why, like, when people are earlier in the season, like, why would you even want them to make the playoffs? They're going to suck. They're going to get embarrassed in the first round. It's because of this. Like, I would much rather still be caring about this team here in, on December 28th than be done, be waking up on Sundays like I was earlier in the season and be dreading kickoff. Like, I, I would wake up on Sundays and be like, here we go with this again. Right? Like, so I am so glad that, you know, uh, no matter what 
is the end result of these past two weeks. If the Packers don't win out, if the the help doesn't end up coming in, just the fact that they are still playing meaningful football, so thankful for that. Um, Big B, are you as grateful as I am? Yeah, I am. I was, as you guys uh, know, I was very uh, depressed, depressed in the middle of the year. Um, jokingly, of like, course. This is new to me. Yes. <laughs> You know, I was play, playing that character. It was fun. But, you know, I thought it was over at the Lions game. Bills game, I knew we weren't going to win that one. So I was just watching for fun. But I had no expectations for this team. I didn't think we were making the playoffs at all. So I was just like, hey, let's root for them. Let's, let's root for wins and see what happens. And now we got a chance to make the playoffs. If we just went out and Washington loses one game, and I don't think we've had this type of um, playoff, I don't, know how to, I don't know how to say it. Scenario. Scenarios since 2016, which is also pretty much what we've been doing is running the table. Yeah, so a lot I of similarities mean... between the two playoff pushes, I guess you could say. Yeah, I'm not even sure, like, we might have controlled our own destiny in 2016. I'm not even sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this is a very new thing uh, for the Packers to be relying on help. But, to, uh, you know, I'm not going to complain for it, for sure. You know, Zach Cruz wrote an article earlier this week on posing a very good question. Like, is this Packers team getting lucky uh, benefiting from a very bad NFC after the top three teams, uh, benefiting from the seventh seed, is it is that the case, or are they actually good? Should teams be actually kind of worried about having to play the Packers? And I honestly don't know the answer to that yet. If they play like they do in the second half against Miami, then I say yeah. Um, if they have Christian Watson, then I say yeah. Um, so I don't know, but all I know is that they're going to be playing meaningful January football. And I'm so thankful for that, as I've said many times through this. So, uh, that's all we got for you today here on the underage Packers podcast. Joy to have Nicole on. Make sure you follow her on Twitter. Keep up with her coverage. If you're in the green Bay area, watch her on Fox 11 and all of that good stuff. We thank you for listening into this episode of the underage Packers podcast. Make sure you follow uh, each of the both of us on all of our social medias. And then also the underage Packers fan. We greatly appreciate it. With that being said, we'll talk to you later. Let's get this stub this week against Minnesota and go pack. Go.